So last year alone, like mm-hmm. in all of 2023, we only had 66,000 sales. I think in 2021, we had 120,000. So half, transactions, yeah. yeah. So we had the least amount of, of transactions we've had since 2000. So I don't know if you know, do you know how many realtors are in the GTA? Uh, say maybe 88 to 90,000. 70,000. And it's growing. Yeah. That means almost nobody, like not everybody no sold a whole, yeah. right? Not everybody made a sale last year. A realtor on average, did less than two deals mm-hmm. last year. How do you live on that? Yeah. And the other thing, the other caveat that is like 90% of the deals are done by the top 10% agent. You know, do you know how many realtors I know have side jobs? A lot. Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the DC Talks podcast with David Cinelli. I'm your co-host, <laughs> Agent Double O. Back in it, man. How you doing? Do DC, right. looking fly in that new jacket. Is that brand new? Yeah. I yeah. Got it. Got it. We got it on, uh, I got a good deal on from God Style. From God Style. God Style, yeah. And on Boxing Day, they had a 50% off sale. I'm not afraid to say nice Italian wool. I got it for half price. So it was got like 50. the suit, I'm, I don't fit into suits off the rack. Yeah. And I literally, so we're looking at it, and this is supposed to be 46 tall. And I put mm-hmm. on like, they had to you know, tailor it in a little bit, but usually it's like, I have to have custom made stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this one fit. They're like, even the, the, the sales rep, she's like, you should go play the lottery today because she had, she was, you're the only one that walked into the store that actually a suit fit them today. Mm-hmm. Not even this particular, just any suit in general. Mm-hmm. Like, Damn. So yeah. So yeah, it looks tailored. It looks like it's even, it just shows your muscle, shows everything. It looks perfect on you, man. Thanks buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Looking great. Don't butter me up. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, man, the market is going crazy right now you had a crazy it's an interesting market it's an interesting market it's an interesting so crazy is like is is an interesting word but it depends on on everybody's the definition perspective the way you look that's at right it, right that's right but you had a ig live last week mm. on uh on tuesday and uh you had a lot of comments interactions a lot of people were asking you questions yeah and uh, it made you really think about how things are moving in the state of the market and how yeah. things are going to be moving forward. So for the audience listening, you know, we have some like in- information to share with you just to understand where everything is at right now, where interest rates are going, mm-hmm. um, some prehistoric statistics that really tell us a story that impacts us today. And, uh, you know, DC, you know, we have some things that we want to tell everybody what they should know about moving forward. Of course. And uh, the information that they can take away from this show. And uh, provides them with a good foundation of future decision making that they're going to be making for 2024. Yeah, yeah, and that's obviously so. Our job is as realtors, we always try to educate our clients, let them know what's happening in the yeah. market because it's constantly changing. And for a lot of realtors, they haven't ever experienced a market like this. You know, some of them, especially if you've been in the market, well, if you've been licensed the last four or five years, mm-hmm. everything was like a, a seller's market. Everything was selling really quickly. There's bidding wars, but now things have changed mm-hmm. actually drastically with the interest rate increases. Like there's yeah. been a lot of change. And so I always educate my clients and one of the things I do as well is like we do a market update. Obviously, if you watch it on my IG, we do that. It's Julie and I usually do, but a minute and a half video. Try to we try to keep it to a minute and a half because that's how reels work for real uh, for for IG. I'm just trying to give you information. But if you're on my my drip campaign or my sorry my uh, email or campaign sequence, yeah. yeah. So I use this thing called Bomb Bomb, which we send out, and you get all this. You get the video and you get all the stats and you get all that because we try to educate them with the little blurb. So Absolutely. if you if you like to just watch a video, the video is there. If you want to get deep into the areas and what the stats are, we can click on that. Um, if you want to know what the, the president said to, we also like of, of, of Toronto Real Estate Board, yeah. we put that in there. So. I find that our newsletter has a lot of information for that. Plus, if you're also on our drip campaign, you also get emails every Monday when we 
launch these episodes. So mm-hmm. that also helps too. Yeah. Um, but because my goal I've always tried to do is, is educate. And I thought, and I feel that when I wasn't a realtor, that was the, one of the biggest problems I had with agents that they didn't educate me. They didn't, they didn't really know a lot of what was going on. It was all market. about the transaction for them. Oh yeah. A lot yeah. of it. Right. Yeah. Whereas, you know, that only gets you so far. Right. Mm-hmm. Obviously I didn't use them again. You know, there was like, there were wham, bam, see you later, man. Like it was just, it was crazy. And I just, it always left a bad taste in my mouth. And I was like, well, they try to ask for questions. They just didn't know. Right. So what I always try to do, whether you work with me or not, I always try to educate the people and just knowing what I know. It's like, Hey, here's what I'm seeing. So when I did the live feed, I kind of dipped into something, a lot of personal stuff too, what was happening in our own personal life, because it's one thing for me to educate people, mm-hmm. but it's another thing to show them that, listen, I'm in the same boat as you are. Right. Like these interest rates are killing me. Right. Mm-hmm. And I give them the real numbers. Right. And like, you know, I spent over $110,000 last year on my mortgage, which just went to interest. Mm-hmm. That kind of hurts. Yeah. You know, so I have a vested interest of, of uh, the Bank of Canada decreasing the rates. You know, I think we all do. Um, but I'm also just pissed off because I also, as an analyst, I'm saying these numbers don't make sense. Like they're not doing the things we were told in the past they're supposed to do. They, mm-hmm. It's just, there's been so much and it's affected the market greatly yeah right and that's what we're kind of saying well last year for example like you know everyone thinks looks at realtors they see people on eg and like you know like they're trying to put up a good front try to like some people trying to show like they're busy yeah but i know a lot of them aren't right and so last year alone like Mm -hmm. in all of 2023 we only had sixty six thousand sales so let's put this in perspective. What does that actually mean? And before it's 66,000 sales just in the greater Toronto area or just right. Ontario? It's in GTA. GTA, okay. So the greater Toronto area, what would we what we record on Tread? Yeah. Okay. So 66,000, I was like, okay, what does that actually translate? Well, mm. I think in 2021, we had 120,000. So it's half, transactions, yeah. yeah. So we had the least amount of, of transactions we've had since 2000. Mm-hmm. Right. It was a 12% decrease. It was a 12.1% decrease from the previous year. The year 2000. So it was the least amount of sales we've had since 2000. Okay. And if you compare it to 2022, we've also decreased 12% from last year, from the year previous year. So I don't know if you know, do you know how many realtors are in the GTA or uh, they're on Treb right now? Uh, say maybe 88 to 90,000. 70,000. 70,000. And it's growing. Yeah. So think about that. 66,000 sales, right? Mm-hmm. That means almost nobody, like not everybody no sold a whole, yeah. right? Not everybody made a sale last year, even if you double end. So when we do a sale, so 66,000, you double it because there's buy sale and the, and the sell side. It's about 132,000 people, mm-hmm. right? So 132,000 ends, let's call it. So again, a realtor on average did less than two deals mm-hmm. last year. How do you live on that? Yeah. And the other thing, the other caveat to that is like, 90% of the deals are done by the top 10% agents. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's there's a lot of people struggling there right now. And it's like, so it's funny. We get some feedback from <laughs> people from TikTok going, you effing realtors are doing this and you're screwing over. Because like, a scumbag. Hey, scumbag. Most of these people can't afford to live, right? Mm-hmm. They can't afford to eat. You know, do you know how many realtors I know have side jobs? A lot. There's a lot of them, right? right? I had one conversation this morning. A friend of mine is a realtor. He's like, he's driving Uber. In the meantime, like, so he's a full-time realtor and then Uber yeah. on the side yeah. just to he's, supplement the income. Supplement income. Yeah. He's a newer agent. He's only been, he's only been licensed about three years. Mm. But again, and, and you find those like new, uh, agents coming into the game now moving forward. Do you feel like they 
stand a chance to even making it for someone like you. You're, you've been established Absolutely. for the past. I, I, do, I do think they can make it. So at the end of the day, guys, there are sales. You have to find them. Mm-hmm. And it's how much work you're putting into it and how creative you are and, you know, not doing what everybody else does, right? It's like, no, it's, it's, it's doing the nitty gritty stuff that yeah. no one wants to do. And showing up every day. Yeah, yeah. Listen, you can even do like, like Chris Kukul, which I talked about. He goes, things that still work, like door knocking no, still no. works, like open house work. But I still talk to a lot of agents that are like, well, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. So like, those ones will not make it. Yeah. Those ones won't. I just, I'm sorry. They're, it's like they're too good to do like the nitty gritty stuff. You'd be surprised how many times I talk to agents like, okay, so I pick up my phone. I said, this is your biggest tool in order for you to make business. Well, I don't want to ask people for business. I'm like, well, they say, they, they use the word beg. I don't want to beg my family and friends for business. And I'm like, well, you you're begging? not begging people. You're getting your license. You need to survive. Yeah. A lot of people want to help. Do you get emails saying, hey, can you sponsor me for this run? Mm-hmm. Can you sponsor me for this bike ride, for this cancer research? Sure. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference in saying, hey, do you have anybody who might be looking for real estate, right? So I find that people that are consistently asking and doing the things they need to do and putting time, effort, and learning about the business, 100%. doesn't matter what market you're going to be in, you mm-hmm. can persevere. Yeah. You will make it eventually. Right. And you can't let these numbers, which I'm going to show you some more numbers, mm-hmm. it's all about your mental state. So if you're down and out and, and gloom about the market, how are you going to talk to somebody to sell with you or buy with you? Mm-hmm. Like, think about that. If you're always down to like, if you're Eeyore, you know, you know, Eeyore is Winnie the Pooh, the guy, the, oh, yes, the yes, guy yes, always yes. lost, oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, lost yeah, my yeah. tail. I lost exactly. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's always down the dumps, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Um, and if you're always like him, I wouldn't want to buy from you. Mm-hmm. You have nothing positive to say. The energy just repels people. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's a lot of, going through our office, there's a lot of agents that have their heads down. It's like, no, guys, it's like, here's a time where you can shine. Here's a time where it matters what you've done in the past. Here's a time where now you put your effort in. You need to persevere. You need to push. Believe in yourself. Believe in our market. We still have a fantastic market. Listen, we just got hammered with over 4.5% interest rate increase. Over the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. And we still had 66,000 sales. Mm-hmm. Think of it that way. Mm-hmm. We still, still had 66,000 66, sales. sales. That means there were 66,000 people that needed to sell their house. Can you find somebody? It doesn't matter what market you're in. You'll people find somebody die, if you people die. divorce. Yeah. People, uh, like there's, there's transactions that need to go. Like people need to upsize. All of a sudden you had like a triplets. You need a bigger house. Mm-hmm. Like you need to find these people. You need to find those deals. You need to find those deals. Yeah. Stop being doom and gloom. But so people ask me, how come you're always optimistic of the market? I'm always going to be optimistic of the market. I always will be. Even when the market is down. So last year, sales were down, right? So we had least amount of sales. So I had a great year. I thought because I found the deals. Because I found the other guys I was trying to compete against weren't trying to find business. Mm-hmm. Makes sense? They're sitting there already assuming yeah. the market's yeah. bad. And you know, even... um. You know, we work uh, uplift. We work with a lot of like agents as well too to create the content, and that's one of the uh, the key things I always see over and over is that you'll be talking to an agent, and their attitude about their own business is already doomed. I'm like, man, the year just started. (laughs) It just started. Like, how do you forecast something that you don't even know about, and you don't even put the effort to really search through and build your own business Mm. and finding the opportunities? You know. When you try and find business, you will find it. Absolutely. You will find people who want to buy from you. Absolutely. Well, that's why we're like, we even talked here. So 
So let's run some of these other stats. So reason why we're still seeing some prices increase, right? And yeah. then like, as you find these people, so the reason why you can still find business is like not everybody bought their house in 2021 and 2022. The market was crazy. Mm-hmm. Right, average sale price. Let's look at last. What was average sale price last year was one point one two six. Right, five point four percent decline compared to twenty twenty two. Right, still not a crazy amount of decrease. What if you bought your house fifteen years ago? You're eating. Yeah, you're eating. Right. So think about it. what if you and real estate's always supposed to be a long term. It's a long term game. It's a long term game. Yeah, you can get burned in any market if you buy and sell within like within a short period of time. So I consider a short period of time, anything under two years, Mm -hmm. really should be five years. Mm -hmm. So sure, the numbers have declined down, but it's still a 5.4% decrease when we had a 4.5% overnight rate increase, which means mortgage rates went through the roof. We knew there was going to be some sort of correction. That relatively is still not crazy. Like again, we don't have double digit decreases. Mm -hmm. And people saying, well, why is that? I had some, I had people come into this office and I, I still have them on my drip campaign. He's still waiting for the market to bottom out. And I'm like, well, average price actually went up from November to December. Believe it or not, that usually doesn't happen. Uh, we don't know the numbers are in January. I think a lot of people are looking to see what's going to happen mm-hmm. the next few months with the interest rate increase. Uh, you know, they're, we've, we've been told that they're hopefully going to decrease rates yeah. in April. Well, I heard, I've heard it earliest April. I think it's not going to be until June. Um, mostly because of what's happening with the overall economy, right? But if those rates do drop, even a quarter of a point of time, people come to the market. Mm-hmm. There's more confidence in the market. And we also have a supply issue. Yeah. We've always had a supply issue. Did you know last year we had only 142,000 listings? 142,000 listings. So like, okay, what does that mean, Dave? Well, that's an 8% decrease compared to 2022. We had decrease because people now see like, well, I'm not buying mm-hmm. because the interest rates are too high. So I'm also not selling. So they're holding on to their properties. Yeah. And the the false assumption is that a lot of people were gonna unload their properties because of the high, because for that were investment properties, mm-hmm. because the interest rates are too high. That's also not happening. Mm-hmm. Rents are still going up because there's no houses being built. We're still building the same amount of houses we built 25 years ago. And we had what, 500,000 people come into Canada last year? Over one of them stay in the, the over one third stay in the GTA. Where are we gonna house these people? Mm-hmm. What is gonna happen when the interest rates decrease? The market's gonna flood again, it's gonna go back up. So I've been telling my buyers that this is February right now. If you have cash and you have the ability, go talk to a mortgage broker, go talk to your bank, go talk to somebody, find out what you can afford because you got to be careful. If you've always wanted to buy something, now's the time to buy it because you can get a good deal. Mm-hmm. Numbers are down, but again, I don't see those numbers bottoming. Mm-hmm. I don't see the bottom falling out again because of the lack of inventory and the amount of people we have coming in. It's We're not seeing it. If it was going to happen, I think it would have happened by now, personally. We know about 20% of mortgages are going to get renewed this year. So there's some people freaking out. They're thinking that the market's still going to continue to drop. But we still had 12 to 15% of the population renew their mortgage last year, the higher interest rates. I didn't see a fire sale last year. So I still have, I'm still very optimistic about the market. Yeah. And I'm very optimistic for my buyers. Mm-hmm. So 
If you go and talk to a broker, talk to a mortgage, get some cash. If you want to buy, this is if you're going to be looking in the market. Now might be the best opportunity for you to go take a look at the market, see what's happening. Maybe purchase something because you don't want to be all of a sudden at the end of 2024 and looking back and going, man, these houses gone up 20%. And like, that could have been me. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? So I I just, I, I find it's funny. But again, this is what the education I find. The realtor that knows who's been in this kind of industry now holds their weight in gold. Mm-hmm. You mentioned um, the immigration coming to Canada, right? So there, I read somewhere they're anticipating at least 1.5 million uh, new immigrants coming yeah. to Canada this year. And you said how many new bills, how many new bills are going up? What's the number? I don't remember. I think it's something like thirty or fifty thousand or something. Thirty, fifty thousand uh, units, units. Units. But well, also, wait. That being said, those are units that are already currently in the process of being built. Being built. Yeah. What we're seeing now in the pre-construction market, which is where there's a lot of issues in the pre-construction market. So if you don't know what happens in a pre-construction market, if you're looking at a condo, you're buying a condo. Let's use a condo as an example, not houses, because houses get flipped a little bit quicker, so houses can be built faster. Yeah. But in my situation, I just, we bought condos. We bought one with my buddy and I, I think 2015 or 2016. And we just closed on it. This is 2023, like before Christmas last year. The other one we bought in 2019, we're closing now five years later. So what happens is that you buy things off a plan in anticipation in how many years it's going to be built. Usually anywhere from four to seven or eight years. But you're a lot of times we're trying to predict what the market's going to be like in those four to five years, it's impossible. Yeah, Nobody knows what's going to happen. And now some of these, so the good thing is some of these builders are making you get a mortgage approval from the banks. So I'll give you an example. Uh, why that helps is when you close on the property in four or five years, you don't have to get a mortgage because you're already qualified. Now, traditionally, a bank will only give you a mortgage, which is less than 24 months out. But some of these builders have partnered with banks to make exceptions. So, for example, the one we've just got, we were approved with RBC. RBC was the bank. You had to go use RBC as the bank, and they will you qualify for a rate. I think yeah. it was like three twenty five or three fifty six at the time. We thought it was way high. I'm like, oh no way, it's going to get that high. But at least we qualified for a mortgage. And then on closing, if the rate is higher, mm-hmm. you can use that mortgage at three five two or three five six, whatever it is. Or if the rate was lower, you didn't have to. You can get your own lender, right? Mm-hmm. But the banks. Or like, sorry, the lenders or for the builder want to see that. They want to make sure that the buyers that are purchasing the units can actually afford it. Mm-hmm. Right. So the problem we're seeing right now is with the high interest rates. There's a couple of things. It's like one, the the prices are no longer supported from what we thought they were going to be. So a lot of times these builders are baking in a price of value, future value. So I had a situation, I have a situation right now where we're selling some properties up north. Some of these guys paid anywhere from 1.6 to $1.8 million. Well, when they closed last year, some of these, for example, I had this one agent call me because I was in the complex. His client had paid 1.6 for his property. The bank only evaluated that property at a million dollars. So which means they will only fund that home up to a million dollars. Well, they purchased 1.6 for the property. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to find $600,000 to close this property. Yeah. Not everybody has 600000 to get that money. Yeah. So, and then the other thing is too, when they're looking at the numbers, it just, it, it didn't make sense to close them because 
the market value was much lower. So the so again, banks may be a little more conservative, but that home was only worth maybe 1.2 million. Mm-hmm. In order for it to get up to 1.6, they're going to have to carry this property for a long period of time. They're going to have to borrow that $600,000 probably at a 10, 15%, mm-hmm. and they're going to go bankrupt. Yeah. So even though these, the, these people have purchased the property, these buyers have purchased the property, and they've already put 20% down, so 1.6 million, 20% down, it's like $300,000. Yeah. They're walking away. They're leaving the deposit. So now the builders kind of have to sue them. There's all this legal, but they're foregoing their deposit. Because it's not worth it in the well, long Well, they can't, they exactly. Can't, they yeah. just can't, it just doesn't justify it. They'd rather lose 300 than borrow 600 and go bankrupt. And yeah. I get it because it's already at that point, it's a sunk cost. Mm-hmm. The problem is the builder later on, if he sells it a deficit, that property, they can go after them. Yeah. So, but anyway, there's just more legalities on there. The second issue we have is that we're saying we're talking off air which we're seeing at our own property. What happens with the condo corporation, again, back there, that they get everybody to, again, to, to get these mortgages so they're approved. Then their lender will say, okay, so these people are approved, great. And they give them funding based on certain parameters. But again, the, the builder owns the property to all the units are fully done. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the common areas basically is that they can hand over the case to units. But in the meantime, they're not going to be spending all the money. They don't want to be spending all the money because it doesn't make sense. If your unit's ready for you to move in, you should front some of the cost. This is how the pre-construction works. So in our situation, I think there's 36 stories. What they do is they build the condo. They build the basement. Obviously, they build all of the the parking and all that that structure. And then they they build up to the 36 stories. You know, they build the outside, make sure everything is tight and good to go. And then they start floor by floor. Mm-hmm. And they start renovating and they start making sure each floor is ready. Once each floor is ready, those unit holders, they go the builder, again, he can't you you can't own the property until the whole thing's complete. But again, he doesn't want to front all the costs. So if you're on the second floor, for example, he's gonna give you the keys and they're gonna say, Okay, you now have to pay us an occupancy fee up until the whole condo gets registered into your name. And that could be a long time because again, if you have 36 stories, you're here, you have mm-hmm. to wait, you're on the second floor, you have to wait till all 30, the rest of 35 are ready. Mm-hmm. And they do that. So the higher you go up, the less occupancy you're going to be in there because they start at the bottom, work their way up. Mm-hmm. So because these interest rates are so high, right, we got pushed back like some these, the occupancy is almost double what the mortgage rate is going to be. Right. Double. Right. Double. So for example, my unit, we're on the 19th floor. We were lucky enough because our unit was large enough that they were using it to, to bring materials in. So they finished all the way up to 36 and they started the, those units all the way up. So we were on the corner where they were bringing all the shafts. Anyway, so yeah. we were lucky enough. Um, our unit, 800 square feet, the interest rate, which have the carries over 8% they're charging us. It's $5,100 a month for us to carry this property on occupancy. We may get three thousand dollars in rent, maybe thirty-two. I would say at max, maybe thirty-five hundred. Is this like a two-bedroom? It's a two-bedroom, two-bath, parking, and locker in Etobicoke. So we may get. So we're going to run a deficit, but it also takes time for somebody to get in there. Yeah. So like a good tenant too. A good tenant. So every month I'm going to be losing money up until it gets registered. So and they don't think it's going to be registered for at least another ninety days, if not longer. So I'm going to be losing money. Even one of my clients, which is a lower level than me, he's got half the size of the unit. They, mm-hmm. uh, his was like 500 square feet. 
He's paying $4,100. We just rented his property for $2,250. He's losing $2,000 a month. And for how many months? We don't know because, again, you're at the mercy of the builder to register you. I've also heard some builders registering their property two years later. That's crazy. Like, so you're mm-hmm. spending this phantom mortgage. It's not going towards your mortgage. It's not going to, you're just it's paying, just you're bleed, paying rent. You're, you're bleeding cash. You're bleeding cash. You're basically paying rent mm-hmm. to the builder to live yeah. in your own unit. Yeah. Um, so your, that's sorry. But so people, some can't afford that. And yeah. some of the, and the investors, because yeah. they're in deficit, are also walking away. Mm-hmm. In your experience, when you, when you have people in this type of situation, how long do they go until they say, enough is enough. I can't continue doing this. I'm selling this unit because with inflation and everything and you're bleeding cash, like $2,000 is a lot of money just to be forking out. So this is also why there's the assignment sale. So an assignment sale, what it is, is before the the changes hands between the builder to the the purchaser, the Mm pre-construction, you're able to assign that paperwork Mm -hmm. to another buyer, right? Because you don't want to take that. They're like, so that, that's why as soon as those interest rates went up, people were writing their numbers, the assignment, which is the secondary market, let's call it, went crazy. Mm-hmm. And people were literally taking less than that they purchased the pre-construction just so they didn't have to pay for it, just so they can get out of this deal. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, depending on the builder, the builder will allow you a lot of times to do one assignment, but the builder also has to approve of the new assignee, the new person assigning it. They can also kibosh it if they want to. So they have to approve it. And sometimes you have to pay a fee to sign in like five or ten thousand dollars. Sometimes it's waived, sometimes it's not. But since these interest rates went up, I've never seen so many assignments in my life. It's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, so people are just trying to get out of the deal, trying to get out, trying to assign it, trying to get out. Uh so there was some deals to be had there, right? So the other thing is so these builders are seeing this. So all these pre-construction builders are seeing this. What they're done, and this also affects the amount of inventory we have, they're turning off the top. They're like, shit, like we're getting in trouble here. These people, we had these projects dog-eared to close here and here. Now some of these people aren't closing on these properties. We're getting a bad name. Mm-hmm. And some of the projects that we launched last year, no one's coming to the pre-construction because they're seeing all the issues that people are having. They're not making their rent. So now they're working in, in the red. Or even the people that can afford it, like they're saying, shit, I have to pay all this money. Like it just... Or they have to come up with additional funds. It's it just didn't make economic sense. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing a lot of builders holding off launching projects. Um, there's one thing um, I want to talk to you about, it, which is like the rising cost of materials for builders. Yeah, that's like another big factor, which is like costing these. You know, like the if these prices are going up for the materials, it's being passed on to the buyers. Correct. Yeah. Talk more about that. So we, so a lot of times that's why if a builder is smart, like mm-hmm. the, the the more educated builders, what they'll do is they'll hold some units back mm-hmm. for inflationary reasons and for those type of reasons. So even of us, so our office is amazing. We have a platinum access to all these projects. What platinum access is, is like, so first off, if a builder builds a property or has a project in which they want to build, a lot of times there's a family and friends, they get first access to the properties and they pick their units. It's less than 20% of all the units. And then the builder will release some units to the to the platinum access and like there are a certain amount of uh, brokers out there and they'll they'll send them like, okay, you get 20, you get 20, blah, 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 right? And then it goes, if those don't sell, again, they only have the certain amount. If those don't sell within the platinum, then the VVIPs get it and then the VIPs and it goes out to everybody else. Once those are sale, they'll, they'll figure out the time and they're like, okay, then they'll release another block. 
could be a year, could be two, and then they release other blocks, but based on strategic historical facts. Mm-hmm. And what that is supposed to, and every time they release a new set of units, it's usually higher. So if you have platinum access to this, to the, to a project, you're getting at baseline pricing, yeah, the lowest level pricing. So that's why you want the platinum access, mm-hmm. but that's what they're doing for materials up to. And then sometimes like, for example, my mom bought a pre-construction unit. So since they've launched, so it took her like, but by the time she decided to purchase thing, she ended up paying like a couple hundred thousand dollars more than when it was first released. Mm-hmm. And she still made money on it because they've released, after she bought it, they've released a couple of other projects over a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars more for a similar product. So even though she's in the middle, sure, she paid more from the, the original, the original launch, but she's made money on it too, mm-hmm. right? But again, she doesn't care because she's not, she's living in it. So yeah. she doesn't care, but I'm just, I'm just saying, so that happens. So there is that. And there's other, but there's, I've heard of other builders who, had to cancel projects because they did not do that. Yeah, There was one in Woodbridge where they had two towers they built and they assumed that the, the city of Vaughan was going to let them build two towers beside them. And they did, right? So they sold all the project, the whole project, and it took them one year later than they anticipated to get full coverage, sorry, the go-ahead. Mm-hmm. By that time, that's the materials went so high that they had to cancel the project because they sold all the units. They had based on the material, the material, cost. the material cost, and then it just and got if they were to build up, and if they were to build that project, they would have lost money. So a couple of years later, they canceled, and and it's written in there that the builder can't. And if this huge document, which your lawyer is supposed to review from the precon, they're able to cancel the project. But can they just also recoup that money? Like, let's say as a builder, you can recoup that money back based on the land you bought, like and everything, right? Um, so they're not really losing money, are they? Some of them are, yeah. Because well, listen, what what a builder will do, mm-hmm. a smart builder. So the, these guys at Woodbridge weren't very smart, but anyway, uh, what a smart builder would do is they'll what they would call as an uh, an assignment. Basically, you assembly. Sorry, that's the word. So they'll they'll they'll, create, they'll, they'll purchase an assembly. What an assembly is, is, say there's a block of say like five or six commercial properties on a property. They want to build on that property. One by one, they'll purchase them. And they'll do an assembly or they'll buy all five at the same time, whatever. And they'll create the assembly. They will sit on that property because they're paying property taxes until it makes economic sense to launch. So, because they'll have renters most of the time in there, like those commercial properties would pay them rent and they're, it's the same thing. So a lot of times a builder that's done their homework won't go forward with a project until it makes economic sense. So that's why, for example, one of the properties we purchased, uh, I purchased off my dad. My, da- my dad had passed away. My mom didn't want it, so I purchased off of her. It took him eight years to build a property at Young and Eglinton. Yeah. Eight years. Because it wasn't the right timing, the materials, other costs were the factors. I think Rio Ken was the builder, and they just did a good job of like, knowing when to, to factor that. Mm, I see. Yeah. Um, from everything you've said, it seems like everything is not in equilibrium. You have a lot of people coming into the country with not enough housing. You have these interest rates, which are, they fluctuate. Well, I won't say they fluctuate, but they rise and they might come down. But you never know. It's very unpredictable. What is like your uh, advice to the people who are dealing with this right now? Maybe they want to buy or they want to sell. Mm-hmm. What are some of those parting words that you have for them based on what you just shared with us today? So the first and foremost, I would say back to the numbers we had before, 70,000 realtors in the Toronto Real Estate Board, interview them, mm-hmm. talk to them, see the ones like, there might be somebody hungry who hasn't done this, but how, like, what is their strategy in this type of market? 
if they don't have a strategy, walk away from them. But honestly, and what does a strategy look like? For so, a for for a seller, for example, is like, yeah. what's your marketing strategy? How you get in front of people? What are you doing to get to sell my home? Fire buyer strategy is like, okay, what are you seeing in the market? What kind of conditions are you doing? Like, what is happening in the market? Because nowadays, I'm even telling my sellers take a financing clause. And the reason why I'm asking my sellers to really consider financing clauses, whereas in the past, where when you're we're putting an offer in the past, there was no conditions. Mm-hmm. Well, the environment has changed. Unless you don't know that, <laughs> like the environment slowly changed. You can put you can put a home inspection condition, but the financing is the biggest one because that is the variable which can make or break a deal. If somebody comes in without finance, a financing clause, I'm like, how am I guaranteeing that this person's qualified? At least if there's a financing clause, we're going to give them a week to talk with their lender, to make sure that the home is worth what they're paying for and they have funding on closing. So you're giving them that. Fi- if they just come in and remove the finance clause, there's, I tell my sellers, there's no reassurance they've even talked to a bank. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things, like knowing your agent has been there and talking to them, like on the buy side, I talk to the other agent. I'm like, listen, we're putting a financing clause in here. My guys are qualified, but... Here's the thing, the market is changing so much, rates change all the time. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I want to make sure my guys are good and solid, even though they're qualified for this amount. And I think for your sellers, it's a good idea that we are coming forth with a financing clause to ensure on closing that there's no hiccups. Mm -hmm. That's what an experienced agent has. Whether you've been in the game five minutes or you've been in the game for 15 years, knowing how to talk for 50 years, knowing how to talk to the other agents and knowing how to, what's happening in the environment it's worth your weight in gold. See, the problem we have with agents in in our environment is that there is no like other distinction when it comes to our labels. You're either a sales rep or a broker, but there's no in-betweens. There's nothing else. I have no idea. If you, like we could both be sales reps. You could sell 500 homes a year and I could sell two and we're still labeled the same. Whereas other industries, for example, you have VMP or you have there's sort of some sort of status level. You got CFO, then you have like you know directors. Yeah, you have, so you have all these different levels. Well, we don't have that in real estate. Mm-hmm. So it's imperative that somebody's coming along that they interview your realtor, know that they can flourish in this environment. So it matters in this type of market the type of person you have. So even somebody who hasn't hasn't been in like into this type of market again remember most agents that came into this sort of there are seventy thousand of us if they've only been a market two or three years you've never seen a down market mm-hmm. you don't know like i remember what happened 2016 2017 we had to pivot we had to change it's also good to have good peers with you as well that have been in the market too that we can bounce ideas off of because again this market is constantly changing so you need to have somebody in this market when you're either buying or selling that he has some sort of resources in order to, to change, to yeah. pivot, to and know what to do in this market. So it matters. It matters. So, and knowing your stats and stuff like that is is one small aspect of it. So interviewing them, making sure they have a good strategy. Any third thing? Anything else you want to add, or is that it? Yeah, get a good feel for them because they are going to represent you. Yeah. If you don't like the, when they're talking to you and make how they make you feel, don't hire them mm-hmm. because they are an extension from you. Yes, amazing. Well, DC, man, you dropped a lot of gems for us <laughs> I today. Hope so, yeah. was- so I'm very passionate about real estate. I know we don't always talk about on real estate on this podcast, but I know I felt like today was one of those days I needed to. You're to inspired. Drop You're like, you know what? I got to let people know what's up. Yeah. I felt like that. Amazing. Well, if you want to learn more, 
from David. Make sure to follow him at David V. Cinelli underscore Realtor. Send him a DM, tap into his next live on Instagram. And if you really enjoy this, subscribe to our YouTube channel, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and also rate the show on Spotify. This has been a pleasure discussing, DC. Oh, let's do that. I know. Which one do you want to do? Ah, let's do the handshake. All right, buddy. It's a little reaching over the microphone. Over. A little weird. For those that were listening, I was like, there's this whole awkward thing. Like, oh. oh, man. You know when you reach out to someone, you're going to adapt, and then they'd like, uh, uh, you know, you're trying to and do don't that forget, dance. I love you, buddy. I love you, too. <laughs> All right. That has been the DC Talks podcast with David Cinelli. I've been your co-host, Agent Double O, and we'll see you next week for the next episode. Cheers. Peace out. Cheers.